the practices that we talk about in this episode are a great way to get yourself away from thinking too little of your time. But really, the way that you think about your time, your thoughts and ideas about the value of your time are more important than some arbitrary number or figure that you come up with to define it. Really, your time is priceless. The value of your time is immeasurable. And so the, the more you move toward that understanding, the easier it's going to be to say no to the things that don't matter so that you can say yes to the things that do. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I didn't sleep very well last night. We, uh, you were out at your book club meeting, mm-hmm. and I stayed up and I was working on some stuff. We both stayed up pretty late, and then, of course, uh, even though the boys don't have school this morning, they got up just as early. Wanted me to make them breakfast and stuff. I was like, guys, I don't think it was just as early. No, was it? it was it was a little bit later, but it felt like it felt like I had only gotten like four hours. Well, of sleep. yeah, I mean, we didn't go to bed till like twelve thirty. You should never do that when you're a parent. No, no, you just just don't. Nope. Funny enough, we're actually going to talk about uh, in in an episode uh, that's coming up in the near future. We're going to talk about how a good night's sleep starts the day before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I'll need to brush up on that one. But it was it was good. You were gone, and uh, I'd put the boys down, and I sat down and started working on some stuff. And I wish that I had had this when we talked about focus uh, last in the last episode. Yeah. But I got this uh, app called the Simple Countdown, and or it's it's called Simple Countdown for the Mac, hmm. and it was ninety nine cents. So I did spend a little bit of money. Hmm. on this. But what it allows you to do is it allows you to create multiple timers. And it has this really beautiful um, design, you know, with the circular timer and really neat colors and stuff. And so it's kind of fun to use. And I ended up blasting through a lot of my tasks last oh, night. yeah, that's good. Because I was using this timer. One of my primary motivations was um, trying to finish my task before the timer went off because of how jarring the the sound yeah. is. The, I have it to where the screen flashes and there's this loud sound that it makes. And so I, I was like, I got to finish before that goes off because it would totally. Yeah. Freak so me how out. did you how did you set the timer? Like, how did you determine how much time you would give to a certain? See, now this is this is an interesting question. I I just guessed basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some of the tasks, it was more of an educated guess than others. Um, but I guessed, and what I'm hoping is a- as I continue using it, I'm going to become a better and better estimator. Oh yeah, definitely. You will. Of how much time it will take. So for some of the things it ended up taking me quite a bit longer for some, it didn't take me as long as I had estimated. And I ended up coming, I, I also set a master timer, which was just a overall uh, total of yeah. all of the things mm-hmm. and i came in 30 minutes early that's nice so yeah 
So that's that's called Simple Countdown. You should definitely check it out. Um, but that's not what today's episode is about. Yeah. Although it could kind of tie in, we'll see. Today we're talking about the question, how much is your time really worth? I thought this would be a good topic because I feel like a lot of parents who are also entrepreneurs already feel the squeeze on their time. You know, they, mm-hmm. they already feel the squeeze on their time from the responsibilities they have in the home, raising their kids, uh, taking care of various activities, but also trying to focus on their business, focus on their own health, that kind of thing. And, and this question um, really gets to the root of something that I think about a lot, and that's, you know, I want to make, I want to make my time as valuable as I possibly can. You know, I, when, I, when I spend time working, I want that time to be worth a lot so that I don't have to spend as much time working and I can spend, you know, time with my family and I can spend time taking care of myself. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a good way to think about it. You know, it's, it's good to, uh, to try to make your time more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, there's kind of this mindset that a lot of people have where, where they're not valuing their time as much as it really is. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our time actually Wait, ends up being. They're not valuing their time as much as it's really worth. Right. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. And, and so, so today I wanted, in today's episode, I wanted to talk about different ways that we value our time, you know, try to determine the value of our time. And ultimately, um, I, want to, I want to leave you with the idea that your time is worth a lot more than you give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And, and if, you, if you start thinking that way and treating your time that way, it has many benefits in your life. And so we'll go ahead and dive in. Mm-hmm. So one of the first questions that uh, we, we had talked about this a little bit on the Sean West podcast uh, before, and one of the first questions was, how much can you make right now? And I thought this was an interesting one. Um, basically, the idea is if I gave you the next hour to go out and make some money, how much could you make in that hour? Mm-hmm. So how would you answer that? First of all, r- before you answer um, this question gives me a lot of anxiety and stress. Yeah, because me too. because I'm like, oh, the pressure's on, you know. Well, I I don't really know. I mean, I know that I could go out and write a write a news article and get paid a hundred dollars for it, but that's like not very much, you know. And I know that I could in in an hour, you know, I can write close to six thousand words, but I'm not getting paid for that. You know, yeah. so I don't really know how to answer that question. Well, and, and, and really like those are, those are less, um, the, the, those are more indirect than this question is asking for here. I think the, the purpose of this question is literally, you know, you have an hour starting now, go make some money. And when you come back, you know, at the end of that hour, however much you made is how much that hour was worth. Hmm. So that's where it stresses me out because I'm like, okay, I know I'm in the middle of some projects right now. So mm-hmm. I could sit down and work on one of those projects for an hour, but that's just an hour in a whole string of hours that I need to spend on this project before I get paid again. Right. 
you know, so I'm, I can't necessarily come back from that. I could take some of the music equipment that we have in our garage and sell it, try to go sell it. (laughs) Maybe I can make some money that way. Yeah. The reason I, I dislike this exercise because it's a little bit unrealistic and it also, it doesn't really point to the actual value of your time. It's, it's kind of a useless exercise in that sense. What I do like about it is it, it puts you in a place where you have to be a little bit more creative Mm -hmm. about how you make money. And, and as an entrepreneur, as somebody who is, you know, selling, my services and and trying to build a client base and stuff like that, I can benefit a lot from thinking outside of the box when it comes to uh, a business model and making money from clients and that kind of thing. So, so don't necessarily use that question to determine the actual value of your time, um, but it could be a useful exercise for building some creativity. So the first place most people go is what is the market value of my skill or the service that I offer? Mm -hmm. When I first started as a graphic designer, I felt a little bit insecure about my skills because I didn't feel I had a lot of experience. And, and I also, I, I, I was self-conscious about, I didn't want to, to put a quote out there and have the client come back and say, that's ridiculous. I would never pay, you know, and I've actually, I've had that experience a few times where the, the client or the potential client comes back and kind of box at the price mm-hmm. and, and that feels uncomfortable. And, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into that conversation that we're not going to get into. Um, but I think for those reasons, what a lot of people do is what I did, which is go out and do research. Um, I even, I even put in some you know, fake requests for work from other companies, from my competitors, so that I could get some quotes back and see, you know, okay, what are they charging? Yeah. Because some of them didn't publish it on their website. And based on what I was able to gather, I kind of, you know, and and then I judging my own personal skill on the skill that, that I saw out in the marketplace, I kind of, you know, I gave myself what I thought was a competitive, but still affordable figure mm-hmm. that would allow me to pay my bills and, and do my work. Uh, this is, this is a really tough position to be in. It really is because if you're, if you're focused on yourself and your skills and the amount of experience that you have and, and that kind of thing, it can be really difficult to feel like you can justify charging a fair amount for your work. Mm-hmm. And the, the better place, well, and here's, here's another thing that some people, some people go there, some people go in the opposite direction and they say, you know, I, I don't, whatever my skill level is, whatever my experience is or what, you know, how much can I get away with charging? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, my, my skills are worth however much people are willing to pay for them, you know, and that's, and that's certainly a direction you can go as well. Mm-hmm. There is a thing that we've talked about on the Sean West podcast where if you're, uh, especially if you're offering something, you've, you've got a client base already that's coming back to you for work consistently. Um, the question is, if you double your rates, 
would you lose more than half of your clients? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, it's worth it to do that because if you doubled your rates, you would let's be say, making more money. Yeah, let's say you did lose 50% of your clients. Well, you'd still be making the same amount of money, but you'd be spending less time, hopefully a little bit more because now you've opened up some time and you're able to produce more quality. Yeah. But that's, um, that's kind of the, the way that you can provide more value to your client by opening up time is, is charging more money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the routes that you can take. So that's, that's kind of a fun exercise to do too. It might be worth asking the question because you might be in a place where you can afford to double your rates. And in your clients and you benefit from that, the clients who stick with you. Mm -hmm. What I like best though, and, and, and this is based on the idea that the actual value is not some objective number based on the amount of experience you have or what job it is, or even how much time you're going to spend on it. The actual value of whatever service you provide is it's the results that it produces for your client. You know, it's what is that, what is that solution worth to them? Mm -hmm. So to make this really tangible, let's say that your client wants you to do some copywriting for them and it's for a sales page and the sales page is, you know, to promote some product they have. And so they've already spent a lot of time, you know, they, they put together a good design, a good layout to make sure that it, it funnels people well, but what's, what's going to get people from the top of the page to that pay button or subscribe button or whatever it is. What's going to get people from point A to point B and to actually commit to making a purchase is good sales copy, mm -hmm. right? And so, so maybe you're working with a relatively small company and they're going to blast this out to as many people as they can, but they expect to reach 500 people, 500 people who actually come to the page. Mm-hmm. Well, the better the sales copy is, the higher the percentage of that 500 people is going to be who actually make a purchase. Mm -hmm. And so part of the discovery process is learning a little bit more about, okay, what kind of people are you writing to? Um, what are their purchasing habits? Where are they in their buyer's journey? You know, how, are, are these people who are coming in, you know, from the first mention or do they already have some kind of established relationship with this company. Those are all things that you'd want to learn. Yeah. But assuming that, assuming that they're all really warm leads and the percentage could be relatively high, as long as you knock that sales copy out of the park, whatever dollar amount they could potentially earn from launching that product, mm -hmm. let's, say, let's say it's $50,000. Well, 50, a $50,000 profit from good sales copy is worth charging something like $5,000. Yeah. Maybe even more. It's a, it's a small percentage. And, and what it is for that company really is not an expense. They're not, they're not paying an expense to a writer so that they can get their sales copy. They're investing in good sales copy so that they can make their investment back many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... And you can apply that to many other things, but that's the, 
That's the basic idea. This is based on value-based pricing, which is something that we're really, really excited about on the Sean West platform. If you go to valuebasedpricing.com, you can learn more about that. And, and Sean and um, one of our other team members, Justin, are putting together some tools and an amazing framework for discovering the real value of your services or your products to your clients so that you can not, not just so you can charge more, but really so that you can charge appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, so in this example, we talked about a relatively small company. Well, what if you were doing the same thing for a really large company and they're going to earn $5 million? Well, the stakes are a lot higher there. I mean, you really got to knock out that sales copy, but because the upside is so high, mm-hmm. you can charge more. And they're willing to make that investment because they want, they want to make that $5 million. So they're willing to invest in someone they, they can trust. So I'm sorry, I just, I went off on that, but that's a really, when it, when it comes to the value of your time and, and time that you spend working, a lot of people who charge hourly are missing out on being able to, to charge a fair price, a fair investment for the actual value they're providing. So I really wanted to yeah. focus on that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the trust thing. You know, do you, do you have the trust? Do you have the proven track record? Those kind of, those kind of things. Um, getting into the next section, what is your value potential? So going back to the original question, how much money can you make right now? This is one of the reasons I don't like that question because sometimes what you're spending your time on are things that are adding value in other ways mm-hmm. or that you're, you're investing in yourself so that your time will be more valuable in the future. And so for, for us, we're, we're actually doing a lot of that right now. Some, uh, a lot of the time that we're spending is time that we're investing in things. You can speak to this with your writing. Yeah. I mean, I don't get paid anything right now. So I, I probably write close to 50,000 words a week. And that's all time that, you know, like I, I don't receive any kind of compensation for that. <laughs> so it's, it, it's a lot to invest and it's a lot of hours every week to invest. And yeah, so it's, it's just hard to put a value on all of that because it's building, you know, it'll build. Yeah. And there are things that like, I'll be producing books that will be, what do you call it? The income. Passive, passive income. Yeah, yeah I get, my brain is not working. What do you, what is what is income again? What is that? <laughs> no, but but you know it'll be there. It'll be passive income, and but it's just it's hard sometimes. Like I get I get carried away sometimes with like, man, I'm not I'm not contributing anything right now. Like either to the world or any. I mean, you know, as a writer, you're I, I share blogs every week, but most of the words that I write are just going into a file right now that's becoming a book, you know? So it's like, you can't even see the value of it yet. Well, I can, uh, I can tear that apart. I've, 
when I, when I say that, what I mean is I disagree with you. All right. I disagree with that assessment of the value of the time that you're spending on that writing. Yeah. So the, there are other things we'll get into in just a second. Uh, other, other ways that you invest your time. Sometimes, you know, if you're working out, mm-hmm. taking care of your health, you're spending time on your relationships. You know, those are, those are all, there's, there's value and it's not, it's not monetary, you know? So that's, that's something that you have to think about too, is that some of the value that you get out of the time that you spend doesn't have anything to do with dollars and cents. Yeah. I mean, we just spent, or I, I spent a couple of weekends ago revamping our menu where it's like we have a month of menu, like four weeks that we just continue to rotate. And it probably took me like three or four hours to do it. And, you know, we're like super grouchy and all of that right now because we're doing it. (laughs) It's yeah, it's hard. We're trying, we're trying to, well, and and I I say trying to, we are cleaning up our diet and it's been this gradual thing that we've been doing for the past several years. Yeah. I mean, our diet was already pretty clean, but now we're just like cutting out some of those little things that have stuck around. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's difficult. We would really like to just go get a pizza tonight. <laughs> um, um, but but my point with that is that, you know, I invested, you and I both kind of invested that time and it's for the sake of our health and for the sake of our children. And uh, I don't I don't feel like a dollar value could even be put on that, you know? No, you can't. If If you were to try to, I mean, you could think about things like, the cost of healthcare over several years, right. you know, what if you had a, some condition and you had to get pills for it or you had to go in for checkups all the time or you were hospitalized, you know, like those, those things are real expenses. Um, but there's, there's also the opportunity cost, like not being able to do certain things because you don't have the energy or you don't have right. the right kind of focus because right. you're not putting the right kind of foods in your body. So but it's hard to see that when you're faced with, should I give three hours to menu planning or should I do three hours of actual work time where I can provide money for my family? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard when you're balancing that. You're just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a second. I want to park a little bit more on this value potential piece. So we talked about, you know, doing things for your health, spending time learning new skills can be mm-hmm. another way that you invest your time. The The important thing to think about here is if you only ever invest your time, but you don't have a plan or at least some direction that you're going where you can cash in on that investment, it's going, to, you, you just won't be able to sustain that. You have to be able to afford to invest. This is, I mean, this is true with money and with time. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we do that uh, in our situation is I am taking care of the bills right now with my work mm-hmm. while you're building your writing business. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that we talked about for a long time. It's something that we are very much on the same page about. Mm-hmm. And there are also a lot of other, so, so that's just, that's just the financial piece. You know, I'm, I'm, working and making money and paying our bills and you're able to invest your time in that. But 
you're also able to invest your time in learning things so that you can be more uh, efficient with your writing so that you can be so you can experience more success those right. kinds of things mm -hmm. and then there are all these other pieces of value that come out of that you know uh, there's there's some relational value there because I'm supporting you and your dream and I'm and I'm doing those things but there's also a lot of value in you being able to pursue your dream and mm -hmm. and work toward your goals and share your work with the world mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's value in our family to our kids being able to see us working and building things. Yeah. Um, even though it's difficult at times and maybe a little bit scary, you know, so there's, it's just infused with value and there's something about looking at it that way and recognizing where the value lies mm -hmm. as opposed to just thinking about it in dollars and cents. Yeah. So that's, that's why I said I was going to tear it apart because there's, when you, even, even the stuff that you're writing that you're not sharing yet mm -hmm. is making you a better writer so that the things you do share are even more impactful, make more of a difference. I mean, think, think about the people whose lives are better because they had a chance to read one of your articles. Yeah. You know, so, and you have the comments and the messages from people to prove that that's happening. Yeah. So, but it's, it's an investment that we can afford to make. Mm -hmm. And it's also one that we hope to, uh, and, and we have plans for cashing in on yeah. at some point in Getting the future. Getting a return for it. Yeah. yeah. So, so don't just invest indefinitely, you know, have some kind of a plan or some idea or direction of where you're going. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to talk more about the hidden costs and you got into this a little bit you know, you were talking about, um, not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. We were talking about some of the potential financial costs of not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and this is something when, when we think about the value of our time, sometimes we don't consider this, you know, we, we think about the, if, if we're thinking about the value of our time in dollars and cents, and we're thinking about building our business you know, maybe you're thinking about, well, how many, how many words am I missing out on writing by yeah. spending this hour doing something else? Yeah. But when we neglect the other areas of our lives that need our time, that ends up costing us in other ways. And so I, I wanted to talk about that for a moment. One of the things we already touched on was our health. Mm -hmm. But when you're, when you're not getting enough rest, when you're not exercising, when you're not eating right, Mm -hmm. And there are some other things that you can do for your emotional health, meditating. You know, when you're, when you're not doing those things, you can still get work done. You can still make good progress, um, but you're missing out on a level of focus, that, uh, a, a level of deep focus that you could achieve if you were taking care of all those things. You're missing mm -hmm. out on productivity. You're missing some of your energy. You're, you're even... When you, when you exercise and you eat right and, and do all of those things, it helps keep your emotions in balance. And so you're just more emotionally healthy and that helps you to be a, a more efficient worker. It helps you to think about things and, and to tell yourself better stories about mm -hmm. the interactions that you're having with clients and other people. So there's a real 
there could be a real dollars and cents cost. It would be difficult for you to determine what that is. Right. But there could be a real dollars and cents cost to saying, no, I just, I need to put my head down and work instead of going for a run today. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have time to cook myself a meal from scratch, you know, something that's healthy. So I'm going to go get fast food. Well, I can, I feel like I can definitely tell when my focus is not as good as it should be because of something that either food that I've eaten or haven't gotten enough sleep. I mean, I can tell today that I didn't get enough sleep last night. My brain doesn't work as fast. And so I think when we're paying attention to those kinds of things, we can see, you know what, maybe I need to invest a little bit more in sleep or a little bit more in working out to, you know, balance out my emotions and those kinds of things. So I think, I think part of the key is just paying attention to the ways that we do feel and the focus that we have at any given point in time. Well, and, and, the, and like I said, if you're not taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you can, you can still get stuff done. You can still be productive. It's just not nearly as effective. Yeah. And, and what I encourage you to do is to actually, you know, test it out. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and figure out what, what your baseline productivity is, however you measure that, and then spend a week or two doing things differently you know, keep a journal and see, see how things are different. Yeah. I actually keep a writer journal just for that purpose. Like I'll kind of, I mean, I keep track of all of my words and then after every writing day, I kind of write a little bit about how my focus was and, you know, why I think it might be not as great as it was last week or something like that. And then yeah. you, when you do that, you can go back and see what, what were the circumstances around that and what can I do to change it? Yes. Because if you're not if you're not paying attention to those things, you're never going to know what might be factoring into that and what you could do to make it better. Exactly. Another area where there are hidden costs is our relationships. You know, if we're not spending time on the significant relationships in our lives, and I want to. I can't remember if we've already talked about this or not, but I I do want to say there's a difference between just spending time and spending quality time. Mm-hmm. So it it needs to be purposeful quality time. You know where you're really trying to you're you're purposefully trying to deepen the connection that you have with that person um, or or people mm-hmm. if you've got a family, but you do you do have to spend that time. You know, and when you're not spending time with your kids. I I mean, I've seen this as a father of boys. Mm -hmm. What I've experienced is when I'm not spending enough time with them, when I'm not showing my interest in the things that they do, when I'm not teaching them and, and guiding them consistently, they, they don't listen as well because they don't feel as connected. Right. So that ends up costing me time Mm -hmm. in some cases they have a tendency to act out a little bit more in, in school mm-hmm. um, or in church. And, and that ends up being a headache. And then there's just the, the mental drag of mm-hmm. feeling guilty yeah, that I'm not spending enough time with them. And, and the same, the same thing goes for Rachel, mm-hmm. same thing goes for your spouse. You know, it, it's, it becomes this mental drag where you're like, oh, I know I need to, I need to spend some time and 
And so you're trying to focus on your work, but you're also thinking about the people who you're not spending time with. And so don't, don't underestimate um, how important spending that time is, not just to your family and, f- mm-hmm. and for you, but also to your business. Having a tense family life can cause your, your business to feel disjointed and frustrating and tense as well. Yeah. I mean, any kind of personal issues can, can affect work. I remember when I'd go into the office when I was still working at the newspaper and, you know, like one of the kids would have been sick that day and I would have to go into the office and all day long I would think about, is he okay? Is there something worse wrong? You know, I mean, that's just kind of the person I am, but it affects your work. Yeah. And then finally in your business, in your actual work, what are, what are some things that you've been putting off that could actually help you be more efficient? It could be automating something, you know, making something work more automatically so you're not having to repeat the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's taking care of some administrative stuff that you've been putting off because that's not your strong suit. For, for a lot of creative entrepreneurs, you know, we really love doing the work. We love doing the, the art, the creative part. And then the administrative stuff just becomes this, uh, you know, I'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. But, but what, about, what about when you're running into the deadline for taxes and you haven't gotten started on it yet? Mm-hmm. You don't know whether or not you're going to have, you don't know whether or not you're going to get some money back or you're going to have to pay money. And that, that anxiety and that feeling of, oh, there's something that I'm leaving undone mm-hmm. that really wears on your ability to get meaningful work done, to be focused. Yep. We, we took a whole Saturday where I did our taxes <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it was, it was too heavy for me. I couldn't, I couldn't get it out of my mind. So I definitely can attest to that. So those are, those are just some of the other places where the, where the value of our time lies. And and it's important for us to be mindful of that, Mm -hmm. especially when, you know, when somebody is asking for our time, whether it's a client or a friend or a family member, whatever it is, when somebody is asking for our time, um, we need to consider all of those things as well, you know, and, and really value our time the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. I want to get into some questions here before we wrap up. This was from Aaron. He asked, what do you do if you feel like your time is worth more, but people doing similar work as you are charging less than you want to charge? So we talked about this a little bit in the, you know, what is the market value of my skill or service? Mm-hmm. So I, I actually kind of tend to jump on the side of, well, you know, your, your time is worth as much as people are willing to pay you for it. But I want to back that up with what value are you actually producing for them? Mm-hmm. So there may be some industry standard. One of, one of the biggest place you, places you see this is in the music industry. And Artists, you know, they feel like well, we got to put our music on iTunes and, and iTunes, you know, sells it for this much and 
most artists sell each track for 99 cents. I don't even know if you have control over how much you sell it on iTunes. Yeah, I don't know. But some some places do give you some control, but there are some, you know, guidelines and and they say, you know, we recommend because of the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, because of all the statistics, because this is what people are used to paying. We recommend you charge this much. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate in some ways. It it works well for the general population. It's nice to be able to jump into a framework that's already been established. But it's it's really good to ask yourself, you know, what is the actual value of what I'm providing? Is it is it valuable enough to me to say, well, I don't want to be a part of that system then. And I'm going to find some other way to share this with people to to allow them to purchase it from me mm-hmm. where I can charge what it's actually worth. And then they'll value it more because they paid more for it. Right. It'll mean more to them. So, so those are just, those are good questions to ask. I'm, I'm a big fan of challenging the status quo, mm-hmm. not just for the sake of being that way, but, but just questioning it, you know, saying, okay, well, why do they charge that much? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it really because that's what it's actually worth? All right, Nathan asks, how long did it take you to realize what your time is worth? And I actually, I replied to him right away in the chat and I said, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is is something that we constantly have to be thinking about because we can tend to focus our idea of the value of our time on a specific thing, like the amount of money that we can make Mm -hmm. or the amount of time that we can spend with our family. But it really encompasses um, all of those things. And ultimately, well, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, Charlene asks, how do you figure out what your time is worth? What process do you use? So asking these questions is a great place to start. When you're talking specifically about the value of your time in a client relationship, as much as you can, you should go the value-based price route. Mm-hmm. You know, f- determine what the value is to the client, what it's going to be worth to them, what a, what a successful implementation of your solution looks like for them, and then price yourself based on that value. Corey Miller asks, how do you measure the value of your time aside from monetary value? So we talked about that. You know, we talked about the value of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm the value of spending time on your relationships with the the people who are closest to you and also the value of just managing your business taking care of things i i also think about automation in the home as yeah. another as another way you know my if i can if i can automate certain processes or we can come up with a way to do things more efficiently and it takes time like like putting together the the food schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. And it takes time to do that. You know, that's that's a worthwhile investment. Right. Daniela asks, what did you begin to do differently once you started to think about the value of your time? So this was an interesting question. 
thinking about the actual value of your time, what is what has that done for you? Well, I think whenever I first lost my job and we were just getting started and all this writing stuff, I, um, whenever the boys teachers would ask me to do something, I would just do it. You know, like I was spending a lot of time with the schools and that kind of thing. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think it was the right thing for me. And so I think what, what ended up happening is once I started having a value for my time and it's weird because I value my time in words rather than like dollars. Um, but once I started having a numerical value for that, I started thinking like, what is this going to cost me? Is it, is it really going to be better for my kid to see me up at the school for the third time this week? Or would it be better for me to, you know, stay home and write? Yeah. Uh, and so I think it just, it allowed me to be able to say no to things. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I, I feel like when we under, when we truly come to understand the value of our time, it really empowers our ability to say no. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's something that we've talked about on this podcast. We talk about it on the Sean West podcast a lot, but having the ability to say no is a really great asset. Well, and I think too, because, you know, when, right after I lost my job, we were kind of like, oh my gosh, what do we do now? And it kept both of us from going out and seeking traditional employment, you know, Yeah. because yeah. the value of our time was huge and the value of our time with our kids was huge to us. And we knew, I mean, there were, there were jobs that you got offers for where, you know, you'd be gone from seven in the morning until seven in the evening. And that just wasn't worth it to us, you yeah. know, and it wasn't just about the money. It wasn't just about how much you could make in an hour. It, it was also about what that would cost our family. Yeah, absolutely. Katie asks, I have less experience than most recent grad. Is my time worth less? So I, I answered this one right away also. And I said, the answer is not necessarily. <laughs> and this goes back to the value-based pricing thing. You know, when you, when you don't have a lot of experience, mm-hmm. so here's, the, it's, it's a little bit complicated. When you don't have a lot of experience, you don't have a bunch of work to show. You know, you, you can't show examples of the kind of work that you've done. Right. That affects the, the kind of clients you're able to attract. That doesn't mean that if a client came to you and you established a relationship with them and you built trust, that you wouldn't be able to charge as much as or more than people who have more experience. Mm-hmm. It just, it just means when you don't have the experience and you don't have a track record, it just means you have to work that much harder at establishing trust in the beginning. Right. In order to be able to justify, in order for them to be able to justify making that investment. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's a different way of thinking about it because then instead of trying to compare yourself, I know that people who are graduating college, some who are even graduating high school now who have no experience with clients whatsoever, mm-hmm. who maybe even don't have work that they can show in a portfolio or whatever. Some of them are are coming out very talented, mm-hmm. um, very, very much capable of being able to produce something that is a great solution for 
any paying client. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of college graduates do is they come out into the marketplace and they do what I did. You know, they say, okay, how much, how much are these other people charging? Because I don't have the same amount of, amount of experience. So, so I highly recommend focusing on the value that you're actually providing for the client, not what you think you can get away with charging. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, spend some time. At th- this, is, this is time well spent is building a portfolio, maybe doing some pro bono work so that you can create some examples, some case studies mm-hmm. of the kind of work that you do, the process that you take. Because then you're, you're building credibility, you're building trust before the client comes to you. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, by the time the client comes to you, you already want to have some established trust. That's, that's where you want to get. It would be better if you can afford to, it would be better to spend, you know, six months to a year just doing free work mm-hmm. so that you can build a really strong portfolio so that you can build trust. You build relationships that way and get referrals. There are a lot of great things that can come from that. And then, you know, at the end of that year, you're already in a position where you have the kind of trust established that you need to attract the kind of clients that that would pay you what you're really worth. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a long answer to that question. But all right, this is the last one. How do you communicate the value of your time to your clients? I think of the story of Charles Steinmetz. Do you know who Charles Steinmetz is? No. Um, he is said to have created an invoice. Uh, I, think, I think the way it goes is it was $10,000. Like for, he charged making, ten thousand for every for making client? no he made he he charged a company ten thousand dollars for making a chalk mark on a generator, you know, and saying this is where the problem is, this is what you need to fix. Wow. And and the guy looked at the invoice and said ten thousand dollars for making a chalk mark on a generator, and he said, well, no, one dollar for making a chalk mark on the generator. And nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars for knowing where to make the mark. Hmm. So that's that's a fun story. But here's where this is. Um, I, I really encourage you to check out valuebasedpricing.com um, because they they will do a great job of taking you through this process. But part of your process for getting a client on board has to be coming to an agreement of what the value is. And, and really, they're the ones who determine that. The client determines what the value of your solution is to them, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So the, the client is the one who says, you know, if this is successful or, or if this solution works for us, it, it, it's going to allow us to earn this much money. You know, like this is, this is what we expect to make. Mm-hmm. And so you... You discover that first, and then based on that number, if it's if it's a viable pro- project, meaning you can charge more than what your baseline costs for you know spending that time. So, for example, my I need to I need to make at least six thousand dollars a month just to pay our bills, and so for the amount of time that I have available. I need to make, I can't remember what the exact dollar amount is, but I need to make at least this much per 
hour or this much per week or this much per month. You know, I know, I know what those numbers are. Mm-hmm. And so I can't take on any projects that are going to pay me less than what I need to make in that amount of t- in the amount of time it would take to create it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that, that goes to the question of whether or not it's viable, but as long as it's viable, you can charge them a percentage of what they're going to make from implementing your solution. That's an investment. Mm-hmm. And that's how you, and that's how you position your, your service or your product. That's how you talk about it to your client. And, and that keeps their focus, not on how much money they're spending, but it keeps their focus on what the value is they're going to be receiving from it. So the bottom line is your time is probably worth more than you think it is. And I say probably not because your time may or may not be worth much, but it really has more to do with the way that you think about it. The practices that we talk about in this episode are a great way to get yourself away from thinking too little of your time, but really the way that you think about your time, your thoughts and ideas about the value of your time are more important than some arbitrary number or figure that you come up with to define it. Really, your time is priceless. The value of your time is immeasurable. And so the, the more you move toward that understanding, the easier it's going to be to say no to the things that don't matter so that you can say yes to the things that do the easier it's going to be to make time for taking care of yourself and for focusing on your relationships and for focusing on the things in your work that are really going to move you toward your dreams and your goals. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Rachel, where can people go to find us online? In the boat with Ben.com. That's right. Go to in the boat with Ben.com. There you can sign up for our, our newsletter If you sign up for our newsletter, we will send you a free gift, five-step checklist to add a weekly guilt-free work block. Still working on it. It's coming. And hopefully, this is is something I need to make time for, speaking (laughs) of the value of my time. Yeah. Because I really want people to have this. I I really want it to uh, be a, a benefit for those who sign up. And I also... I want to work on some other exciting things that we have coming up in the future. Yeah. So soon. If you want to help out the show, you can go to in the boat with slash iTunes. Please leave us a review there. If you're getting value out of the show, um, if, if what we're talking about resonates with you and you've been able to see positive changes in your life from some of the things that we've talked about, please share that not just for us, but also for other people who might be interested in listening to this show. And, you know, one of the first places we go when we're checking out a show that we haven't heard before is to the reviews. We want to know what other people think about it. And so your review could be the thing that puts somebody over the edge. So please go do that. If you want to find Rachel, she is at racheltolson.com. You can follow her on Twitter at racheltolson.com. You can follow me on Snapchat at Ben Tolson. And I think that's it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. See you next week.
So if you didn't know, we uh, were actually recording that without the live chat again. There's a, a thing going on today, mm-hmm. Supercharge Your Writing, a live webinar that Sean is putting on. Really cool. Um, I think there were something like 150 people hmm. already there an hour early when I, when I peeked in. Hmm in the, the live event. So, so that was going on and we, uh, we didn't want to try to compete with that. Now we usually pull like two or 300 listeners. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But I love, I love the live experience and I love being able to have live interaction with people in the chat room. Um, so next week we're going to get back to that. Uh, but for all of you, I, I just wanted to say this, for all of you who listen, whenever you listen, whether you listen live or you're listening to us in your car on the way to work or you're listening to us while you're combing your hair or brushing your teeth, maybe you're listening to us on your lunch break, maybe you're listening to us while your kids are watching their favorite cartoon that you can't stand. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah.